world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years. What if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Carla. Good morning, listeners. That's the sound of Carla slurping her coffee. Yes. Welcome back to Craigslist. We took a week off due to illness. Um, illness makes it sound really bad. Well, I was sick. Had to make a couple doctor's visits. I'm better now. Uh, feeling better. We just didn't have time to watch the movie or more importantly record the podcast, which is job number one as far as like getting that podcast out there. It needs to be recorded. Yeah. You have to sit down and press record and say something. It's, yeah. That's the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it kind of exists in theory, like, Hey, my podcast is pretty great. Yeah, exactly. We go to look up that person's podcast and you're like, where's this podcast? Oh, it's only theoretical. Yeah. It's only in their head. Big talk, no game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got tons of game this morning. What? Uh, Carla, we're going to discuss the 1981 Terry Gilliam movie, Time Bandits. Oh. I forgot it was Terry Gillian. Gilliam? Gilliam. Who's Gillian? Gilligan. <laughs> Island. Gillian's Island. <laughs> we are at maximum punchiness, recording at 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, really, you watched the whole movie and did not realize it was a Terry Gilliam movie? I forgot. I knew that in the back of my head. Maybe okay. you said it on the last podcast, on the lost podcast. On the lost podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to do a podcast with me, Ringo? <laughs> or the lost episode of Craigslist. Right. Oh, you'll never find it. I've <laughs> hidden it so far away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely mentioned it. And this is just classic Terry Gilliam, just arresting visuals, uh, it, a kind of a dark sensibility. Mm-hmm. There's so much like chaos filling the frame. Uh, lots of dark jokes in it. And I think that's why as a 12 year old, this movie came out in 81. Uh, I just immediately fell in love with this movie because it really activated my imagination. I just saw, (laughs) (laughs) why are you mocking me? Sorry. (laughs) I was like, what did it activate? (laughs) My imagination. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, not my sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. Well, clearly your dirty mind was, was going there. Uh, yeah, I think there's just, there were so many to this day images in it that just really stick with me and just things that I've never seen before or since. We'll get into all that, but, uh, you supposedly had seen this movie before <laughs> because mm-hmm. we worked on a cruise ship nine years ago yeah, and I was revising the list at that time, brought so many movies that were on the list to watch. We would watch them on the laptop in our room in bed. Right. 
And this was definitely a movie in we watched in bed. <laughs> uh, definitely a movie that we watched back then. So yeah, I when you said this movie, I was like, oh, I've seen that movie. Right. I remember that. And then we started watching it and I didn't remember one thing that happened in the movie. What did you think it was? What did you remember? No, I think what happened was I said that I watched it and I fell asleep. Mm. I bet that's what happened because this- I remember being on the bed <laughs> in our movie watching pose. Yeah. Um, cause there was no room for any sitting in those, those small cabins. Um, and we were just laying in the bed and I remember it coming on. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it being over and me turning to you and being like, that was great. <laughs> yep. I totally remember you saying it was great. I was like, oh, good. She likes Time Bend. It's one of my favorite movies. But when we were watching it this week, I had no <laughs> memory at all of anything at all. A single thing. Not, even, not a single thing. You didn't remember that uh, dwarves <laughs> are, are involved? Maybe I remembered that. Okay. But I also thought at the end of the movie that they he's alone in his room and they pop up but i think that might be labyrinth <laughs> yep that's totally labyrinth yeah um so i thought that they were puppets i thought the dwarves were puppets no nope, time real puppets. people yeah what i'm saying is i think i fell asleep and told you that i liked it because i was okay. still trying to impress you because it was very early on in this our was early in our relationship <laughs> and at the time i didn't necessarily know that you could sit there for two hours and sleep I can and sleep with my eyes open. You can sleep with your <laughs> eyes open and like a horse and uh pretend to be uh awake. Now it's only happened 568 times <laughs> since then where you've fallen asleep watching TV or a movie with me and I know to expect it. And you will usually react verbally for a while. You it's almost as if you think you're fooling me that you're still awake. <laughs> Because <laughs> you will just occasionally chime in with stuff like, yeah, that's really funny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the other night in the Tracy Allman show we were watching. Yeah. But I really did like that. I think it's not – I don't think I'm trying to convince you that I'm watching it. I think trying I'm trying to convince, convince myself, myself yeah. <laughs> that I'm able to stay awake. But yes. I can't. I can't sit on a couch and watch anything. I fall asleep. <laughs> well, Time Bandits <gasps> is a uh, a fantasy movie. Uh, centered around a, uh, a kid named Kevin, British kid. Uh, and suddenly one night, a, uh, a knight on a horse bursts out of his wardrobe. Crazy. Rather than him going into the wardrobe, something comes out of the wardrobe. Correct. At him. So that's a little nod to C.S. Lewis. Yes. And Nar- I, I felt it. And Narnia. <laughs> you feel that nod? Uh huh. <laughs> feel that Lewis nod? I felt the wind from the nod. <laughs> And uh, then he eventually meets six titular time bandits, Wally, Randall, Strutter, Fidget, Og, and Vermin, mm-hmm. uh, played by various uh, little people mm-hmm. actors, uh, including Kenny Baker, who was R2-D2, Jack Purvis, who was the uh, the chief Jawa and the chief Ewok in the Star Wars movies, David Rappaport, who was the wizard on uh, on TV. And, uh, and, and Michael Rappaport. <laughs> Michael Rappaport. <laughs> it's like, oh man, look at you guys are time bandits. Like, what's, what's going on here? This is crazy. <laughs> uh, Michael Rappaport, not in the movie. Uh, oh, and also the guy who plays Og is, uh, you, this means nothing to you, but nope. he's, 
I'm falling he's, asleep. <laughs> he's in the video to the safety dance by Men Without Hats. Oh. Do you recall that video yeah, at all? I do. Yeah. There's a little person in that, and that's the gentleman who plays Og. Uh, and they have stolen a map from the Supreme Being, who is their boss, and uh, they're going through wormholes in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're, they're going to just steal stuff, uh, if you will, be bandits mm-hmm. uh, throughout time. Uh, and Kevin goes along with them for mm-hmm. a, a rollicking adventure. Yep. He sure does. <laughs> okay. He rollicks all over that adventure. So all those facts, check out, Carla. You sign, yep. signing off on those facts? I'm signing off on it. Okay. And uh, there's a number of cameos by uh, some great and funny actors in it. Michael Palin from mm-hmm. Monty Python. John Cleese mm-hmm. from Monty Python. Sean Connery. Sean Connery, Hilarious. the big one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catherine Helmond mm-hmm. from Soap and Who's the Boss? And Brazil, the next Terry Gilliam movie. Uh, Shelley Duvall is in it. Oh, yeah, Shelley Duvall. Ian Holm. Peter Vaughn. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a lot. A young Jim Broadbent. Oh, yeah. I got real excited when I saw him. <laughs> you sure did. We'll get into that in Carla's quotes. <laughs> uh Though at the time, I certainly would have had no idea who any of these people were. Right. I, I know that I had not seen – I had not – maybe I'd seen For Your Eyes Only, but I had not seen a Sean Connery Bond movie. So I don't know that I necessarily would have known who Sean Connery was. I definitely had not seen any Monty Python, so I would not have known who Michael Palin or John Cleese was mm-hmm. either. Uh, but I thought they were hilarious in this movie. Don't you think it's weird to – oh, boy. Here we go. Uh, think about it like this. You're an adult now and you can go back and watch a movie like that that you saw when you were a kid and you didn't know who those people were as a kid, but you know who they are now. Yeah. Wouldn't that be neat if you could do that in real life? <laughs> this is real life. I don't know what you're talking about. What? Well, because I was just mean? thinking like, because you and I used to live a few blocks from each other in Chicago. That's true. And I had seen you at Second City. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. And it'd be so neat to, as an adult to have that ability to go back in time <laughs> and watch, watch you guys, watch the two of us pass each other on a corner and not even look at each other. <laughs> oh, so you want to be able to, uh, somehow, uh, birds get a bird's eye view yeah. of you and I in the past and just watch it. Yeah. Like a TV show. Yeah. Okay. Like and- a, like, like time bandits. Okay. And you're saying you, it would also be cool to watch me, watch 12-year-old me watching this movie? Yes. <laughs> and uh, to be like, hey, kid, you're going to know who those people are someday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Just a thought. No, that's a cool thought. That's, uh, is it? If Carla had the ability to time travel, that's what she'd do <laughs> is just passively watch stuff yep. and fall asleep. You can't mess with it because it <clears> – <throat> You can't, you can't like go back and talk to yourself. That's true. Because it messes up your timeline. You know how I know <laughs> yes. that? Butterfly effect. Doctor Who. Well, let's get into Craig's first, <laughs> let's get into Craig's first time a little bit. Uh, we're already kind of dancing around it, but, uh, I definitely did not see this movie in the theaters. I saw it on home video. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> impressed. You're using your announcer voice. <laughs> Well, you know, it's uh it's a podcast, Carla, and uh we're trying to reach a I'm wide not criticizing. Audience. I'm uh enjoying. You enjoy my announcer voice? Yeah, keep going. It's not intentional. 
I know. By the way. <laughs> it's what makes you so good at it. I do naturally just have a deep, resonant radio okay, voice. Okay, we get it. Kikowski. Often I audition for voiceovers and it says <laughs> non-announcery. And uh, I try my best to sound natural and real, but I kind of naturally sound a little announcery. That's why I love you. <laughs> is Tell me why? about your first time. Okay. It is. It's the only reason why I love you. <laughs> for some reason, uh, I'm, I want to talk about Errol's Video Store. Okay. Have you ever heard of Errol's Video? Nope. Errol's Video was the number one chain in the Washington, D.C. area where I grew up. And uh, this is probably where I rented every movie for 10 years from this store. Uh, oh, I guess Blockbuster maybe started to open in the late 80s in that area. And they eventually uh, – Ran all of the mom and pop operations out of town, though Errol's was pretty big. I just read that they had 400 stores Whoa. ranging from New York to uh, Tennessee or uh, from New York to North Carolina, uh, I believe. And they were all over the place in Northern Virginia. And <clears throat> I just remember that they had a distinctive like giant red box mm-hmm. uh, with that, like this cushiony f- filling. <laughs> that was delicious. <laughs> Where, you know, you would take the, uh, the VHS tape and you would put it in this big, uh, Errol's, red Errol's box with a, with a cushion. Okay. In it. And so, uh, I just remember being a kid or a young movie lover and just perusing the aisles of Errol's for hours. Mm. Um, and I think my friend Toby had already seen this movie in the theater. Had highly recommended it to me, and I uh, I begged for my parents to rent Time Bandits to me. And watching it to this day, it, it's definitely not a kids movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was definitely marketed that way at right. the time. Um, and it's you know it, it, it's kid ish, mm-hmm. you know, and it's also it's not like super dirty or an adult movie masquerading as a kids movie. It's just dark. Yeah. And, uh, and kind of serious and very Terry Gilliam. And we'll talk about never ending story in a little bit. Well, I was just going to say that it feels like a lot of kids' movies from this time were like that, though. Labyrinth certainly is very dark. Yeah. And Dark Crystal. And Dark Crystal is very dark. Yeah. And, uh, after we finished Time Bandits, you wanted to start watching Neverending Story because you kind of felt like that was your equivalent movie for, yeah. the, for your age. And we watched about 30 minutes of it. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. It's, yeah, it was, it was actually, I'm going to finish it probably later today. Um, it's still very good. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I was like shocked. I thought it was going to be terrible watching it. And then it was like, Oh no, this is a really good story. And the exposition is really well done and there's stakes and it's a, yeah. it's a well-made movie. And just the look of it is really cool. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the art decoration and the costumes and the makeup and all the creatures are really cool. Yeah. There's kind of a, there's kind of a homemade <laughs> feeling to it. Yeah. Uh, which I think but is it's true consistent. of Time Bandits too. Yeah. And I think I've talked about, you know, CGI before on this show and now when you can do anything, you can put any visual up there on the screen with computers. I think there's just so much less care put into it. And there's something about the handmade, homemade feeling uh, of these movies, which were certainly – these are high-budget movies. Never right. a story at the time was the uh, most expensive movie out- made outside of the U.S. or the Soviet Union. Really? Yes. Wow. It was made in Germany. Um 
so and certainly Time Bandits had a relatively high budget as well for the time. And these were state of the art effects. Yeah, for the time. yeah. They look compared to what we have now cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're cooler. Yeah. Uh, and I think they just kind of like. There, there's something about knowing that a person made it that just gets your imagination more excited. Well, and also both of these stories, um, and Labyrinth as well. I you know I keep bringing that one up, but it does remind me of it in terms of just a kid going on a journey. It's in all of those stories, it's questioned, it's questioned whether or not it's in the kid's imagination. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what really sells the special effects for me is like, yeah, if a kid is imagining this, this, seems totally plausible as to what they would imagine. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. At different times during the movie, you were like, Robin Hood, he wasn't real. Or (laughs) (laughs) Minotaurs, they're not, they're not real. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's supposed to be like Kevin's idea of what, right. What time would be as, uh, he's probably 12 year, 12 years old as well. I don't think they get into his exact age, but I think he was pretty much my age. And the actor who played him was named Craig. Oh, weird. I mean, in a good way. Um, yeah, that, that actually did kind of bug me about this movie. <laughs> the mythology wasn't very consistent. Uh, if they are time bandits and you set the tone of like, we're going back in real time. And then all of a sudden they start cutting around to all these fantastical worlds. They even call, what is the one called? Like something fantasy or f- whatever. I don't know. One of the time periods they go to is like, fake time well <laughs> well they get tempted the time of legends is what they time cross of legends into. yeah uh the villain in this movie is evil he's literally just called evil and he's kind of the counterpoint to the uh supreme being he's played by david warner great english actor and uh he kind of gets inside th- he kind of gets inside their head and tempts them into going to the time of legends where he is and he steals the map from them right Oh, I see. Anyways, I don't know. It just that that was weird to me. Like, here's the Titanic, and now let's go uh, to Robin Hood times. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the other way around. It's Robin Hood first, right, then, right, right, right. Then the Titanic. You wanted more stopping Lincoln's assassination, or just like consistency? <laughs> okay. In the mythology of what time means in this movie, I think it's more likely. Uh, Terry Gilliam co-wrote this, by the way, with Michael Palin. Uh, I think Sarah Palin's uncle. <laughs> yes, he's Sarah Palin's uncle. <laughs> I imagine when Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin wrote this, that they're just thinking visuals first, hmm. you know, or they're they're thinking this would be a fun thing to do. I think they're not thinking about these are the most important eras in history to to go through. Right, uh, that makes sense. And also, I know that's very nitpicky. This is a kid's movie and it's allowed to break the rules. But it's not a kid's movie. Well, okay. That's what you said, right? <laughs> um, uh, so I, yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy movie. So it is that, that's me being kind of hard on it. But, uh, yeah, I just think they could have gotten more out of it if they had been consistent with that. Yeah. Let's see what else Carla said during this movie. It's time for Carla's quotes. What? And you were, uh, maybe unusually chatty during this one. Really? Got a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of Carla's quotes. Can I just say something real quick? This yep. one was probably the hardest since the first one for me to watch. Why was that? Um, I don't know if I was just so burnt out after Blue Velvet <laughs> or if because <laughs> like trust needs to be rebuilt. Yeah, something like that. But I just had a real hard time connecting to the point where I was on the computer for probably the first half of it doing other stuff. Yep. 
Yep, you kind of had it in the background. You were uh, surfing around the net. And then at one point I was like, I thought of abandoning it because I was just so bored. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And I don't know. I don't know that this is a boring movie. I just was having a hard time sitting down and watching it myself. Uh, But you did eventually make it all the way through. Yeah. Just as you've done with every movie so far. Yep. So So far, so good. You're a trooper. Uh, as the opening credits are rolling, there's kind of a synthy soundtrack that mm-hmm. comes in. And you said, sounds like Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that is kind of totally Stranger Things. And uh, that wasn't one of the movies that I was thinking when we watched Stranger Things that they were aping. But uh, but it kind of was. Well, I just think it's that time period. That it is. Jo- that genre or those genres. Um, I did think after watching this and starting to watch Never Ending Story and talking about Goonies and Labyrinth and Dark Crystal and all those things, I thought they need to do a Stranger Things, but of this genre. Like this fantasy element, this like you know, one kid on an adventure sure, with fantastical things like puppets and they need to do like that stranger things. It's still stranger things or it's a new show. It's a new show. Okay. But Ma- like made by the same people. Sure. Why not? Okay. But like with that genre, because there is so much to, to, um, mine, I think from, from those movies. Cool. Pitch it. Maybe I will pitch it to Hollywood. I think I am Hollywood. <laughs> Are you listening? I don't know if that's how pitches work. Oh, um. <clears throat> pitches be crazy. <laughs> Stop uh, calling me a pitch. <laughs> Listen up, pitch. Um, son of a pitch. <laughs> um, where are we? <laughs> uh, eventually, when we go into uh, Kevin's uh, flat. Uh-huh. Uh, we see his parents and, uh, they're very obsessed with materialism, mm-hmm. material things. They want the latest goods. And so is evil, by the way. Uh, that he's very interested in computers and digital watches and electronic goods. So funny. There's kind of a Gilliam, uh, anti-materialist message throughout the movie. Uh, but their couches are covered in plastic. And you said, ah, plastic. We need that for our couch. <laughs> Do you really want uh, plastic on our couches? Well, we ha- have animals and the couch gets so dirty. I want to buy a new couch, but I don't want to because we have animals. Yeah. I was just thinking like that makes sense. I get I get the plastic thing, except they didn't have animals. They didn't. Not that we saw. Not that we saw. It's not a major plot point in the movie. I can't really imagine putting plastic on our couch though. <laughs> and uh, here was my first clue that you had maybe not really seen this movie before. <laughs> Around this time, you also said, this is a British movie? <laughs> and it's a super British movie. Yeah. Like that, if, if, if you ask anybody who'd seen Time Bandits, three things about it. <laughs> They'd probably say dwarves, time travel, and British. Okay. Uh, Carla was really excited to see Jim Broadman. He appears as a, a game show host on TV. Hey, it's our pal. <laughs> He's been old forever, huh? <laughs> or you said he's been old forever too, huh? Who else were you thinking of? Uh, uh, Judy Dench. We were just talking about how she's been old forever. <laughs> she's always been an old lady. Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, and Maggie Smith. We were saying that about her too. Oh, yeah. Always been old. <laughs> <laughs> you said British people sound nice even when they're yelling. They do. <laughs> 
We're about to go to the UK and test that. Yeah, we are. We're going to be in the UK for two weeks. So we'll let you know. Let's see if uh, all the yelling people are super nice. Uh, the parents are obsessed with gadgets. Uh, Carla says they got a Vitamix. <laughs> I don't think it's a Vitamix, but it, was it looked like one. The state of the art blender for the time. They had like three blenders on their shelf. Yeah. So you got that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the wardrobe shakes in his bedroom, about to reveal the night that bursts out of it, you said, "Is it a lion or a witch?" <laughs> <laughs> or. A wardrobe. <laughs> it, it was a wardrobe. <laughs> so you got that one right. <laughs> That's a great uh, game show. Lion, witch, or wardrobe. It's <laughs> one of the easiest games on TV. Uh, uh, <laughs> lion. Lion. Okay. Um, <laughs> witch. Wardrobe. <laughs> oh, that, that was a wardrobe? I was opening the door. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It was a creaky wardrobe door. Okay. Give me one more. Um, uh, ooh, yummy. Oh, that's definitely a witch. <laughs> that was a lion. That was a lion. <laughs> okay. Cause that like was, he eats he you. Was eating yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. This has been lion, witch, or wardrobe. wardrobe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then when they first, th- uh, fall through the time hole. They fall into Napoleon era France. Uh-huh. Uh well, By the way, every era they go to, everyone speaks English, by the way. Of course. <laughs> That's how the Brits do it yeah. in their movies. And you said, uh, don't crush that geese. <laughs> they fall <laughs> on a farmhouse with a bunch of animals. And somewhere around this time, I, I, I wonder if you remember exactly what prompted this, prompted this. You said, this was made for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I would have said that. I think it was somewhere around the time that Napoleon's watching the puppet show. I don't know. Oh, I think you were laughing. You were like really into it. I was laughing at something really dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because Napoleon loves Punch and Judy. He he wants little things hitting each other. Um, yeah. And then all the time bandits come out and start whacking each other. I have to say, it is kind of offensive. The whole time <laughs> with the little people in it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like they have them doing the dumbest shit. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a, it's an offensive. Well, it wouldn't probably be made today. It's not politically correct. I don't think it's 35 years ago. This is where we were at the time. I know. I think, uh, but now I'm watching it and again, I'm like, guys, just make movies in your own time period. <laughs> <laughs> But you're going to have a hard time with Wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It actually reminded me of Snow White with the seven dwarves. There were seven of them, weren't there? There were six plus Uh, Kevin, who would be the seven. Somebody has a theory that the six dwarves are meant to represent the six members of Monty Python. Oh, interesting. (laughs) That's funny. Well, and also they have like one of them is named Vermin. Yeah. It's like not cool. (laughs) Because <laughs> he eats everything. He eats a rat at one point. Yeah, I know, but but it just isn't very PC. I'm just saying. Okay. If you guys are offended easily out there, um, or just reasonably offended, <laughs> you might okay. have a hard time with it. Let me officially uh, issue a trigger warning. <laughs> yes, exactly. There may be little people forced to do demeaning things yeah. in this movie. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> that was the thing that prompted Carla to say, this was made for you. No! <laughs> Sorry. 
I don't know what that meant. <clears throat> I can't remember everything I say, Craig. <laughs> if I become too aware, it's not fun. I don't remember what prompted this either, but you said, hope you got your shots before you took this trip, kid. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like, gross. <laughs> there were a lot, a lot of germs and stuff. Sure. Well, I think that's just Terry Gilliam's style, yeah. uh, you know, like back to his animation for Monty Python of just like, everything's a little gross. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and graphic and there's plenty of bodily functions and, yeah, you you kind of feel it viscerally. Yeah. Um. So Carla wanted a shot of penicillin. Uh, at one point they're on a boat, uh, going down a river, and you said it's Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> oh, it looks just like it. It did kind of look just. It like It looks that. just like the ride at Disney. <laughs> did you put in the part where I said I do remember this because you were talking about Napoleon? How like anytime Napoleon's on in any movie, you know it's him because he uh, sticks his hand. <laughs> Like in between his whatever. Carla, you must be psychic because the very next Carla's <laughs> quote is, you know, it's Napoleon because his hand's stuffed in his shirt. Yeah. But that actually sets up a joke that he's got a fake hand. Right. I know. But it's just funny to me. He's got a gold fake hand that they steal later. We did a, yeah. we, I just did a sketch at Second City and somebody was playing a Napoleon like character and we were yeah. all like, you got to stick your hand in your shirt. They'll know immediately. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what the research is on that. Like, did he pose for one painting doing I think that, so. and that was it? Oh, we got to look that up. There is a story there. I, it's in the back of my brain. I okay. can't find it. It's it's going away. We'll look it up. Okay, we'll follow up and with our uh, with our Twitter. Uh, it was around this time during the Napoleon sequence that you said, "Oh man, this is boring." <laughs> It was so boring. Yeah, so I, I was bored. I shouldn't say it was boring. I was bored. Uh, <laughs> well, I would thing? say of all the uh, the Napoleon sequence uh, does get the the time travel off to a slower start. Uh, I think it gets better with each uh, new thing that they go to. Um. 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 <laughs> then they go to uh, Sherwood Forest. They go to the the Middle Ages uh, where uh-huh. they meet Robin Hood. And then there's a couple of uh, characters that pop up throughout history, played by Shelley Duvall and uh, Michael Palin. And uh, there's this whole thing where he keeps referring to his personal problem, <laughs> which uh, I know is dirty. Uh, it's yeah. something dirty and sexual, but they're kind of obscure about it. And to this day, like, I don't know exactly what it is. I think he's is. impotent. I, yeah, but uh, – or, or premature ejaculation. Oh. Uh, so see, it's ambiguous, right? Uh, but it's just kind of like it's hinting, you know, around the edges. At, it's such at a something weird dirty. joke yeah. in the middle of this movie that feels like it's for kids. Well, you said nice kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, Shelley Duvall and Mike Michael Palin is that his name? Mm-hmm. Sarah Palin's uncle. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> they uh. Are only in it twice, right? Yeah. So, okay. Rule of threes. Rule Come of threes, on, Terry. right? You're a comedian yeah. guy. You know how this goes. <laughs> we need a third pop-up. Yeah. They should have popped up again as firefighters at the end. Yes. But women can't be firefighters. Right. Good point. Because that would be absurd. <laughs> in 1981, England. Or in 2016. Hmm. Anywhere. Uh, you said Robin Hood wasn't a real person. Right. I think he he's based on a historical figure, right? I don't think so. Okay. I feel like Robin he, of Loxley? 
you probably know more about this stuff than I, I don't do. know. I don't know that much about Robin Hood. I know that there is some sort of historical analog to him, but certainly it just was... like Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Does your family listen to this? <laughs> I hope so. Well, the real Jesus was uh, was not probably real. Much, <laughs> the real Jesus was not real. The real Jesus was probably much darker, right? Yes. Yeah, he was Middle Easterner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't tell, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> uh, John Cleese says Robin Hood. Uh, apparently, he kind of based his performance around the Duke of Kent. Uh, who is, uh, you know, a British royal who would always appear at Wimbledon and football matches and always shake everybody's hand, like, very good, nice, nice. <laughs> and, and where are you from? Wonderful. That's very That's nice. That's really so funny. <laughs> that, uh, I guess to British audiences, they would have immediately recognized that, but he's kind of playing him as an upper class twit. I thought he was funny. Yeah, yeah. he's very funny. That was like the first <laughs> good part of the movie, I thought. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying, jolly good. And yeah. you said, uh, he's the jolly good green giant. <laughs> you also said, why is Robin Hood stuttering? Oh. That's just uh, an affect that uh, Mr. Cleese decided to create for his character. Yep. Um. Um. um never ending story. Let's talk about that one next. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> when we first see evil... Played by David Warner, uh, you said it's Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say that? Uh, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the time for accusations. This is the time for defense. You know what movie I love from this era? Uh huh. Is it's- Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a piece of shit. No, I watched it again recently. Yes, you did. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad, but it was so good. It is, you guys, you have to watch Masters of the Universe out there. Why is Courtney it so good? Courtney Cox is in it. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard right now. <laughs> Courtney Cox is in it, and her the whole thing is that her parents have died, and she gets taken on this adventure with He-Man, because mm-hmm. He-Man and... um. What's it? What's her face? The She-Ra. Mm-hmm. They are, they get uh, transferred over to our realm, <laughs> and and because they don't have the budget to set the whole thing. Yeah. In, uh... And uh, anyways, uh, it's so great. And Skeletor is played by British actor named I forget. But a really good guy. Oh, I thought it was Frank Langella. <laughs> oh, you're right. No, it was. It wasn't British actor. You're right. Frank yeah. Langella. It was something I got really excited about. <laughs> um, and I'd forgotten that he played it. And, uh, anyways, at the end of the movie, He-Man fixes time. And so her parents are alive again. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Well, dead parents is, of course, a recurring uh, yeah. thing throughout fantasy movies. Never ending story has a dead, yeah, mom, dead mom as well. Uh, Time Bandit kind of reverses that. And kills the parents. Kills the, at the parents end. at the end. That's so crazy. <laughs> that was a really good ending. It's awesome, right? Well, yeah. we'll talk, we'll talk In a about terrible that way. a little bit. It was kind of a terrible ending, but it was really <laughs> hilarious. You said, I don't remember anything about this. Are you sure I watched it? <laughs> at one point, one of the bandits say to each other, what the hell are you talking about? And you said, that's how I feel about this whole movie. <laughs> So this movie is telling us that Minotaurs and Robin Hood are both real. <laughs> uh, then he goes to uh, ancient Greece and he meets uh, Agamemnon. Uh, King Agamemnon. Ag- Agamemnon played by, in a, in a great cameo, uh, 
Sean Connery. <laughs> but when uh, Agamemnon's fighting the Minotaur and uh, Kevin's kind of down there on the ground watching it, he's got a mask on, so you don't know who it is yet. Right. But you sense that it's probably a, a name actor. So Carla said, I hope this is Val Kilmer when he takes <laughs> off his mask. <laughs> Maybe not having a good grasp on the era in <laughs> which this movie was released. Uh, he could it could have been him. Val Kilmer was not in movies in 1981. He wasn't. No. Top, when did Willow come out? Like 85. Okay, well, give me a break. That's four fucking years, <laughs> Mr. Kakowski. And Top Secret, I think it was 84. Okay, that's three years. So everybody calm down. Okay, well, this <laughs> this next guess was worse. You said, oh, God, who could it be? Christian Bale. <laughs> When I said that, I knew that that wasn't possible. <laughs> Although he was in Empire of the Sun. Yeah, six like... years after this when he was 12. <laughs> so he would have been about six years old at the time. Hey, maybe they're traveling through time there in this movie. There you go. <sighs> uh, but it's finally revealed to be Sean Connery. And then uh, he kind of uh, ends up kind of adopting uh, Kevin. And uh, Kevin asks to learn how to sword fight. And he says, I'll teach you something much more useful. And you said, I'll make you a martini. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually he's playing a, uh, a cups and balls magic yeah. game. And he actually pulls out what, what yeah. could be a martini shaker. That wasn't a random thing, no, I thought. That was, that was kind of clever. <laughs> kind of clever, Carla. Put one in the category for kind of clever, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and because it's ancient Greece, they wear fewer clothes, which bothered Carla. And she said, whoa, put on a shirt, kid. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, that little kid was running around without a shirt on. That was weird. <laughs> Maybe that's where my sexual awakening Gross. Happened. What are you saying? <laughs> it's on a spectrum, Carla. It's true. I agree. <laughs> uh, I wrote Carla on her phone for most of this movie. <laughs> Which is just rude. It's rude to me. It's no, rude it's to the listeners of this podcast. It's rude to Mr. Gilliam. You put me through so many movie watching nights. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Okay. Well, we only have 89 more movies to go. <laughs> so <laughs> we're practically done oh, Jesus. with this thing. Who's, yeah, real. <laughs> oh, now he's real. When you need him. <laughs> In your time of need. Oh, boy. Jesus is real. Um, finally, they're on the Titanic. Uh, and you said, wouldn't that be great if Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio slid past them? Because <laughs> it's like falling and oh, yeah. all sliding down. Yes. Um, Classic diagonal Titanic <laughs> with things sliding off the ship. Uh, when Carla sees the pirate ship that the ogre is on, uh, she said, Goonies! Yeah, Goonies. So you mostly like this movie for how it reminded you of uh, other fantasy movies that you like yeah. more. Uh, the Ogre's Wife, played by Catherine Hellman, you said, this is pre-Who's the Boss, isn't it? <laughs> and it is. It was but just by pre-Who's the Boss. Uh, he's got a bad back. She is able to rip the fishing net out of the water with all the time bandits in it. You said, now I know what this movie is about, a strong lady. <laughs> <laughs> Mona. It's about Mona being strong. <laughs> uh, you said, surprising choice for an ogre on a pirate ship instead of pirates. Yeah, that was. Good for you, Terry. <clears throat> when uh, they break through the invisible barrier into the fortress of uh, ultimate darkness in the time of legends, you said, it's like Lord of the Rings, Mordor, Hodor. <laughs> 
What is Lord of the Rings again? Mo- Mordor. Mordor. It is yeah. Mordor. Yeah. Mordor and Hodor is a character from Game of Thrones. Right. I know. I knew what I was saying. I just didn't know if they were the right words. <laughs> but they were, is what yeah, you're telling me. You said the words you meant to say. Check for Carlos saying right words. Okay. Uh Evil can uh, kill people by uh, pulling his fingers apart and shooting, you know, uh, rays or bolts out of them. And you said uh, magic fingers, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) You noticed something in this movie that I had never noticed before. Thank you. And it totally ties into something that is cool about it, uh, which is at the end when they have the final confrontation with evil. Um, this is something that I knew already, which was when the, the bandits go back to various time holes and they pull out various, uh, thing, uh, things and people to help them fight evil, cowboys, knights on horses, a tank, a spaceship. Mm -hmm. Um, those are all toys that we see on Kevin's floor at the beginning of the movie. So there's, you know, the, everything is represented somewhere, you know, to kind of suggest, oh, is this all in Kevin's imagination? But then you also notice that there's giant stones that are in this room that are in the shape of Lego blocks. Yeah. And you said Legos. And I was like, they're not like, they are Legos. They're totally Legos. And so there's also Legos on his floor. So like that was a really cool detail that you pointed out to me. Oh, you're welcome. Simply by looking up from your damn phone. (laughs) I wonder what else I could have pointed out. For five seconds. You might have noticed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, also when evil spins, he, he looks like a toy. Uh, with the long, with the rope arms. Yeah, he's kind of like a calliope going around. Yeah. But then also when he blows up and um, they shoot arrows at him, he looks like a pincushion. Yeah. Was there a pincushion on his floor in the beginning? <laughs> Not that I recall. Maybe he's really into sewing. Yeah, think? that was weird. I was like, oh, maybe his mom had something laying around. Maybe. Uh, which is, that was, I really liked that about the movie, actually. That ending sequence. Yeah. When it was clearly all of his toys that had come to life. Yeah, it's a little, you know, wizard classic Wizard of Oz, it was all a dream, or was it? Right. Uh, and I'm a sucker for it was all a dream, or was it? Right, right, right. <laughs> I really am in any incarnation. And so there's things like when the we hear the fire engine, that distinctly British fire engine, yeah. you can hear it when the uh when the time bandits are coming through. Uh or or actually I yeah, you can hear it when the time bandits burst through his wardrobe uh, at the beginning of the movie and then again at the end, you know, so was it all a dream? And then uh, the firemen uh, breaking out of the uh, – breaking down the door with the axe is kind of similar to the horse bursting out of the cabinet. Gotcha. And then uh, – but then he sees Agamemnon and the guys of Sean Connery again at the end of the movie and he's yeah. a fireman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and his parents touch a bit of concentrated evil. And, and blow, they blow up. And blow up. Right in front of him. Mom, dad, don't touch it. It's evil. And they do because they're dumb. <laughs> and they blow up. Oh, there was one more Carlos quote uh, and I think it was somewhere during the climactic fight. Uh, that you said in a bad English accent, look at all these time bandits. <laughs> <laughs> look at all these time bandits. 
And I think, I think that's a good British accent. Pretty good. Yeah. You'll have your chance to practice it when we're in London. Okay. Coming up soon. What is this one? This is Cockney. <laughs> that's more just American vocal fry, I think. <laughs> that's my genre. This is Cockney, governor. Aww. Just take your H's out. <laughs> Oi. All I want is a room somewhere. <laughs> far away from, from the cold night air. With one enormous chair. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Is that movie on your list? My Fair Lady? Yeah. It is not. Oh, damn. It's a good one, though. It's a good one. I could have had a sing-along with that one. <laughs> Well, we'll try to include at least one My Fair Lady song on every podcast from oh, here on Oh, boy. Out. Lucky listeners. I guarantee you that My Fair Lady would probably be in my sister Liz's top 20 because she watched that movie every day when she was <laughs> like five years old. Aww. Uh, there's so many movies that she watched over and over and over again. We will have her on the podcast uh, oh, yeah. at some point because I know some of her favorites line up with mine. Um. I also love the uh, the Supreme Being, played by Sir Ralph Richardson, great mm-hmm. English Shakespearean actor, and it kind of just kind of plays him like a bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it because the whole movie we've seen the Supreme Being is this giant, floating, scary head, and it isn't. It's another Wizard of Oz reference in a way. Yeah. Right? Oh, like when he came out, I was like Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said that. You didn't write it down, but I said it. Okay. That, or I thought it. Oh, you Maybe know, I, I did it. write It's the Wizard of Oz. I don't know if that was Carla saying that or just me thinking it or both of us yeah. thinking that. But that, that's another great detail. And so I think like watching this as a kid, like the idea that you could kill the parents at the end was so great and so unexpected. And that's really like what made made it stick in my head. And apparently the studio was down on that ending uh, and they screened the movie for a bunch of kids and asked them what their favorite part was. They all, <laughs> they all said that when the parents blow up. That's awesome. That they loved it, you know. So I, I feel like their family movies are just like tested to death these days. Yeah. And it's like, well, we'll throw in a joke or two for the parents or or whatever. Uh, but this is like truly a unique movie from mm-hmm. a unique time. And – with the exception of Pixar movies, right? Yeah, yeah, but I think, I mean, they're, they're for the whole family. And some of them are more adult than others. Like, certainly, like, Inside Out is very, like, dealing with, you know, heavy adult emotions. Right. <laughs> uh, and Wally is, is probably one of the heavier ones that, that they've done, you know, though I'm sure kids still like it. So, yeah, I think, uh, it, it depends on the movie. Like, Cars certainly skewed more for kids, Finding Dory. Okay, we can talk about that Nemo. when we talk about Pixar. So. Okay. I don't have, a, I don't have a Pixar. Actually, I do have a Pixar in the movie. On, well, a Pixar the movie on the list. <laughs> I do have a Pixar movie on the list. Good. Uh, so we will have a chance to talk about that entire studio. Uh, anything else you want to say about this movie, Carlo? It's not a great movie. <laughs> um, it's not. It doesn't hold up. Very well. There are parts that are fun though. And, but I will say, I'm not going to give you a hard time about having this on your list because I understand the importance of nostalgia <laughs> and how, um, when you see a movie the first time and it transports you, even if you're a kid, how that can mean a lot to you. So therefore, uh, I understand why this is on your top 100. Okay. So you're understanding. Yes. I'm uh, not going to, I'm not going to argue with you over the merit of this movie. 
Why do you think that it doesn't hold up? Um, it's the the dwarves thing is very strange. Like it does kind of take you out of it. How they're buffoons. Uh huh. (laughs) Um, but you're right. Maybe when I see Wizard of Oz again. I don't know if that would make me feel the same way or not. I don't know. Um, cause I haven't seen Wizard of Oz in so long, but also, uh, it's just not that I guess because I've seen so many time travel things. Um, this wasn't the first one that I had ever seen. So it didn't really leave that imprint on me. Not your uh, first time travel rodeo. No. And there's like so many movies and TV shows that are, do it so much better. I think, hmm. um, and are more fun and funnier. So that's why I didn't love it. But, Again, like I'm not going to argue with you over it because I totally get why it's important to you. For me, it's all about the visuals and uh, like the giant with the uh, the ship on his head that steps out of the water. Yeah, that like, was cool. So was cool. cool. Um, when they break the the glass wall into the uh, the fortress of ultimate darkness, uh, then swinging on the uh the cages with the the thin rope there like that mm-hmm. whole sequence of swinging each other to the next cage like is so memorable and iconic for me evil's lair is just like classic uh gilliam art design mm-hmm. like the the way it looks uh so i still get excited like seeing those visuals to this day and yeah, and I'm also not a huge Terry Gilliam fan. Mm. Um, again, like I can appreciate his artistry, and uh, I think what he does is really interesting. But in the same thing with Monty Python, like I don't know that I've seen enough of it to be considered a fan. Um, so, so I don't have that attachment to it either. Well, there are no Monty Python movies on the list, but there is another Terry Gilliam. Much, Brazil. Much later. Right? It's much, Brazil, isn't it? I can't say any more. <laughs> it's Brazil, you guys. But yes, we, we will be discussing that movie. Oh, uh, boy. A Terry Gilliam movie much later. Okay. And you may like that even less. Great. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So here's my rating. Okay. Check. Check? Yeah. Check. You're- I get it. <laughs> I get why you like Wait, you're it. dispensing with the letter grade? No, I'll come back to it. But for the now, because it's my rating system. Okay. We'll be like, check. Like, check. Uh, check. Got it. I got understand. It. I got it. I understand. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you about it. It's cool. <clears throat> okay, Carla, do you want to do uh, a scene from this movie for Kaki Oh, Theater? right. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. Which one are we doing? Uh, well, maybe we should do the exchange between the Supreme Being and Kevin at the end. I don't remember it. Then. Well, we're going to improvise it. Okay. The exchange between them. Okay. I'll be Kevin. I'll be the Supreme Being. I can't wait. Whose are these? What are we talking about, sir? <laughs> <laughs> these dwarves, no. they are their own selves. They, they are their own people. And we really should stop calling them dwarves. Well, we've got a real SJW here, don't we? <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Walker. (laughs) No, you're distracting me, boy. And when I say whose are these, I'm clearly referring to these clothes and uh, this backpack that I'm holding up. Oh, well, sir, those would be mine. Those are my clothes. Why are you holding my clothes, Mom? Dad? Why is this old man holding my clothes? Your parents aren't here, dear boy. Oh, right. 
I'm on an adventure. Yes, you are. Sans parents. It's come to an end, I'm afraid. Will you sign here? Well, I was always told never to take candy uh, from candy from strangers, never to get into a white van uh, with a stranger, and to never sign anything that a stranger tells me to sign. Okay, but just an X will be fine. What am I signing, sir? You're signing for your personal effects. Oh, I really don't remember anything about this. Let well, me sign. Well, there's nothing to remember. It's happening right now right. in the present to you. Surely. Okay. And Kevin McAllister. <laughs> McAllister, your last name? Are oh, you sure about that, young I'm man? so home alone. <laughs> Well, you're not home right now. You're in the time of legends in the fortress of ultimate darkness. Yes, that's true. Well, I've got to take your friends away from you, and we're going back uh, to the place where the supreme being lives. But no, please don't leave me alone here. No, you can't come along with us. I don't want to be alone here. Don't leave me alone. Uh, Don't you want to know why is there evil? Oh, yes. Why is there evil, sir? I think it has something to do with free will. Well, that doesn't seem like an answer. Well, that's the answer you're getting. Are you a politician? <laughs> in a sense. Oh, um, free will. Okay. So, meaning I can choose what I want to do. I could be good. I could be evil. Yes, that's correct. And so that's why there's evil. Yes, and look out for that. That's concentrated evil, by the way. Okay. To turn you all into hermit crabs. Oh, I love hermit crabs. Don't want to be one. Just want to own them. Uh, question, though. So, if... I could be good or I could be evil. Why couldn't I just be good and there not be any evil? Well, that, that seems presumptuous, doesn't it? Oh, I think I understand. Is it because you have to really experience all the painful things in order to really enjoy all the good things? There you are. You really are a clever boy. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm uh, 10 or 11 or maybe 12. <laughs> Go get him, Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. See, you remember that scene perfectly. Oh, sure. Carla. I don't remember anything about it. Great job. (laughs) Okay. Well, Time Bandits gets a check from Carla. (laughs) And uh, we finished number 90. Number 90, Time Bandits. We're moving on to number 89 because that's how this thing works. When Harry met Sally. It's still not on the list, unfortunately. (laughs) Love that movie. Not on the top 100. Uh, You know, on my list of 100. Waiting for Guffman. Nope, not on the list. Uh, on my list of 100, I know there's many that would be on your top 100 as well. Uh, not so far. <laughs> Dog Day Afternoon. One. Uh, there's many that would be on a lot of people's lists. There's many that are, uh, you know, Oscar winning movies or movies that are on the IMDb top 50 or show up frequently on critics lists. I'm willing to bet that this next movie on my list is probably the one movie that is not on anybody else's top 100. Oh, boy. Uh, and it's a movie that I kind of adopted when it came out uh, and still love to this day, though I'm about to rewatch it and see if I still like it. Uh, and it's a 1988 movie by Francis Ford Coppola. Called Close Encounters. Nope. That's he didn't, Spielberg he didn't make that movie. Called Tucker. Tucker. Do you know what that movie is about? No idea. It's called, it's subtitled it? Jeff Bridges. Okay. It's subtitled Tucker, the man and his dream. Yes. This is the one. <laughs> <laughs> How is it the one? About the horse guy. Nope. Not about a horse guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. You're talking about a centaur? About the insurance salesman. No, no insurance <laughs> is not involved. 
not that I recall. He's a gardener. He's not a gardener. That's he uh grows that's, pot. Marijuana. N- nope. And was Tucker the man in his dream. Put in prison unlawfully. No. What is it? Uh, uh I know, the car guy. Yeah. Did you know that all along? Yes. <laughs> no, not really. Kind of. Yeah, he's uh he's a guy who designed a car. The Ford. Uh no. The Geo Prism. <laughs> yes. It's about the inventor of the Geo Prism. <laughs> no, Tucker uh was an independent car builder who challenged the big three automakers, Ford, GM, and uh Chrysler in the forties, fifties. So they all talk like this. <laughs> well, there's, there's an element of that to the movie, but Jeff Bridges, uh, plays the lead in it. And, uh, it's, uh, it's a movie that I really love, but, and I don't think is very, uh, talked about or seen or heard of. And it wasn't that well received at the time, but it's a movie that I've kind of, uh, adopted. So it's also hard to track down. They do have it on Netflix. So get in your queue now, listeners. How long is it? <clears throat> It's uh it's a six hour movie. No, it's a, <laughs> I think it's a little less than two hours. Okay, good. Typical movie length. You never know with Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, his movies tend a little long, wah, but this this wah. is average length. Is um Sophia in it? Sophia Coppola? Uh-huh. I don't believe she is, though I'm pretty sure at least some of his kids are in it at some point. Is he... his wine in it? <laughs> yes, it's full of Coppola wine. <laughs> Every, it's so much product placement. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene, somebody's down in a glass of Cabernet. Yum. Uh, so we're about to hit the road for a while. Jack. Jack. <laughs> and we're not going to come back no more, no more. Uh, especially depending on the results of this election, which oh is my God. I'm up, scared. up in the air at this point. And I'm terrified. Uh, we actually leave the day after election day for this trip. We're going to be driving cross country. We're going to be in the UK for a couple of weeks. Then we're going to drive cross country again. We should say go to, if you are interested in taking an improv class or maybe seeing an improv show, go to orangetuxedoimprov.com and you can check out some of the dates. We're doing workshops and shows across the country and in London. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Wow. You suddenly became so much more professional. I had an, my announcer voice. <laughs> Carla's announcer voice. Uh, but all of which to say that we, we do really apologize for the, uh, lack of podcasts last week that, uh, we've been pretty good about releasing one a week since we came out. Uh, we think we'll be able to keep up with it on the road. We will be bringing our equipment. We will be bringing the movies to watch. Uh, but if we, we may take off Thanksgiving week, you know, cause yeah. nobody listens to podcasts that week. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll try to keep up, but, uh, don't be surprised if there's a week or two that we miss, but we don't worry. We're here. <laughs> I hope we're still here. <laughs> I hope we're still here. Uh, we'll, we'll be watching the movies. We're going to be talking about them. Uh, and we'll, we'll try to, uh, to keep our pace up, uh, during this trip. And follow the Twitter account for any missed possible ep- episodes. At Craigslist PCAST, we'll be updating you. Uh, thank you so much, Carla, for watching kind of Time Bandits. Thanks, Craig. And thanks so much, Craig's last, Craig's last listeners. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Officially, you are my last <laughs> listeners, and uh, I say goodbye to you. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.